What's up, guys? It's Tom. Welcome back to the lab. Welcome back to another episode of Sounds of the Future. Welcome back to my life. Now, today, I have a special one for y'all. Let me give you some backstory. A little while back, in the comment section of a video I posted several months ago, somebody recommended a fellow YouTuber's channel to me, a guy named Andrew Southworth. They said, hey, this guy digs into the data in a similar way to you. I think you might like his channel. So I click the link. I go check out his videos, I start going down the rabbit hole, and lo and behold, Andrew has a very, very similar ethos to me when it comes to learning about streaming, learning about numbers, and trying to grow your presence as an artist, as a YouTuber, all across the board. And he does it in a similar way. He loves looking at the data. He loves spreadsheets, just like me. He loves picking it apart and finding patterns and ways to improve. So I'm digging through Andrew's videos, and a few days later, out of the blue, I get an email from Andrew. We've never met before. It just happened to time out that way. And he asked me if I would do a video on his YouTube channel talking about my career in music and how I have managed to earn a living doing what I do. I'll throw a link to that video in the description. Go check it out. We had a great conversation. Super grateful to Andrew for putting me on his channel. He's got a lot more subscribers than I do and is absolutely killing the game. In return for me being on his channel, Andrew offered to be on my channel. He was like, we can talk about anything you want to. If you think I can help maybe bring some value to your audience, I'd love to chat with you for your channel too. So I was like, hell yeah, let's talk about it. And the specific thing I wanted to get into was his experience in marketing, namely using Facebook ads, but also I wanted to talk about some of the failures he's had, some of the tests he's run that just didn't pan out. We sat down for what ended up being a pretty long conversation and I think it's loaded with tons of great information and I think you're gonna get a lot out of it too. So let's dive into it. Here's my conversation with the one, the only, Andrew Southworth. a little bit. I'm pretty psyched to have you on here because uh, when you first hit me up via email, I had just discovered your channel like the week before and I was like really digging into your videos like, man, this guy is great. Somebody like <laughs> commented a link to one of your videos under one of my videos. And so I started watching. I was like, dude, this is awesome stuff. And then oh, I got really? an email. I was like, no way. That guy yeah. I've been watching. Like, I felt like I was getting contacted by like a celebrity a little bit because I'd like seen you on the screen, you know? <laughs> so oh, man, that's that's. That's awesome. I, I, I'm going to have to yeah. hit you up later on who sent you that link so I can, uh, I don't know, reward them in some way or thank them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, now, now that I've got you here, um, can you tell everybody kind of what it is you do and who you are? Yeah, so uh, my name's Andrew Southworth. I'm a music producer, vocalist, and I guess, guess kind of a YouTuber. And the whole goal behind my, my, my YouTube channel is that I share the, among other things, but most nowadays, is I share all the things I'm trying to promote my music just to kind of help other artists figure it out themselves. So I, I right. try things and I report on them, just just like what you yeah. do with with some of your like playlist videos and other like Spotify promotion things. And mm -hmm. um, in the past, I did a lot of music production videos and software tutorials and um, and way back, I would teach screaming lessons. And yeah, um, yeah. But nowadays, I'm, I'm focused. My kind of main goal is to just help artists do what I'm I'm doing and show them how to do it right in a in a way that they don't 
have as many failures and wasted money and yeah. waste of time as, as I did. So, yeah. And then cool. in terms of like my music, I do like electronic music of various styles. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd say there, I would say from what I've heard, there's like a bit of a pop lean to all the like the music you put out. Like it's not, it's not weird, like mysterious electronic. There's definitely like some catchiness to it. Yeah, I when people ask, I usually just say it's like electronic slash pop. Like nowadays, yeah. I'm trying to go more down the future based direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, Elenium, uh, San Holo, uh, said this, yeah. uh, Seven Lions kind of thing. Um, but I, I've yeah. done a whole bunch of sorry to say electronic slash pop. But cool. Yeah, yeah. No, no weird like experimental down tempo jazz. <laughs> right. Um, as much as I appreciate breathing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so. I want like there's two different kind of directions that people seem to take when it comes to like giving advice and teaching things on YouTube or just the internet really. Like there's the let me tell you what you should do thing, follow my advice. And then there's the yeah. here's what I did and here's what happened. And do what you want kind of thing. Um is there a reason you decided to take that route, the sort of David data driven approach of just like here's what happened, do whatever you want to with it, rather than, like, let me give you advice. Yeah, so I think part of it comes down to the way that I kind of, like, reinforce what I do and understand it better is teaching it. So yeah, when I'm trying to get better at something, I often will teach it. And then there's another side to mm-hmm. it where um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm like there a lot of these things that I, I've done my channel, like not just the music marketing, like the screaming mm-hmm. lessons. There isn't a hundred percent way. There isn't a right way. Like there, there's ways that work better and there's ways that work worse. And right. I think it's good for people to see that even when something goes wrong, like they can kind of learn from that. And so there's, there's right. value in seeing the good, the bad, and then also kind of not, I don't want to tell people, like, you shouldn't do this because that doesn't work. Whereas that might work great. But, like, this is right. what I'm doing. And this is how it's working for me. Um, this might be doing yeah. better than that one, but maybe the next song it doesn't do better. Like, you know, so I... Right. And then I think the last part is I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer, like a mechanical yeah. engineer. So I'm kind of a data nerd. So I, aside from <laughs> Spotify for Artists, which I, I think today, you know, I had a song come out. I think I've looked at it 50 times today, just watching it every <laughs> oh, man, every 30 yeah. minutes, like watching the streams go up, and I'm checking the Facebook ad part to try to yep. see how it's going. And I, I have Excel spreadsheets where I track all sorts of metrics aside from what Spotify for artists give me. So I'm just a huge uh, nerd. I do the same thing, man. <laughs> yeah, and I saw well, that's when I first saw your video on the I forget if it was the playlist push video or, or another general playlist video. I think it was the, I spent yeah. one thousand dollars in playlist promotion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's when I decided to to hit you up because I was like this this dude is just like me in another life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, and I I just like track because the the way I look at it is you can't manage what you can't measure, and that's something yeah. I learned being a like working at a mechanical engineering company. You can't manage, mm-hmm. you can't measure. So I try to measure all the things so I have access to the data. And mm-hmm. that helps me, but it also makes it very good for YouTube videos because you can't go back a week ago and show what the save rate was in the song then. You have to manually right. track that. So right. that allows me to make my own charts and show data, yeah. you know, save rate over time, listen rate over time, playlist acquisition over time, stuff like that. Yeah. So. 
Dude, I think in another life you have a future of opening like a data reporting firm for musicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, I get so Chart Metrics is doing like a free trial right now for yeah. you know the current current world situation, and I jumped on that. Yeah. It's like a sixty day free trial for musicians that aren't like in a part of a major label for indie musicians. Yeah. And you know, I didn't I've been, know about that. I need to check it out. I've heard of chart metric, but I didn't know about the free trial. I'm going to go do that. I, I wish that it wasn't so expensive. It's like $150 a month usually. So I'm just giving the free trial. I'm obsessing over the data. But um, yeah, it's a dope service for people, I guess, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not just the data you get in Spotify for artists. There's also pop, a popularity index, which is a behind-the-hood wow. Spotify number, which you, you can uh-huh. get through the Spotify API. That's a okay. direction. And there's like playlist reach to follower ratio, fan conversion ratio, and all these other yeah. values that you can obsess over. How, how, or in, you know, in what way has tracking all that data changed the way you do things from release to release? Or, or has it changed the way, like the data you track for, say, three releases ago, did it change the way you've done the last two releases? Has it informed your decisions yeah. like that? So, in 2019, I essentially did almost exclusively playlist promotion because yeah. I, I did have experience using Facebook ads because, you know, I have a company called Generous Studios that sells sample packs mm-hmm. and stuff. So I've done Facebook yeah. ads for that, but I never had yeah. good results with, with music. And there was a couple reasons for that. I, a lot of it was like I didn't have my branding and content strategies in place, so the ads weren't yeah. making people stick. And then, so I did all this playlist promotion. And then I started tracking data to the degree that I do now. Um, mm-hmm. And I noticed that the, the save rate of the songs was like 5% using playlist for most, mm-hmm. which is horrendous. Um, yeah. And then I noticed that, okay, when I promote this song with ads, I'm getting like a 60% save rate, which wow. is fantastic. And I've had songs that have 80% yeah. save rates um, and like four times listen rates. And then... Yeah. So you're tracking all that data, you're seeing this huge difference, and then you're also seeing that you're getting, with, with Facebook ads, you're getting all these DMs for people saying like, dude, I added mm-hmm. your song to my, my playlist, I've listened to it like 30 times. You go to Spotify for Artists, you see this random playlist this yeah. guy owns with no followers, and you're getting 30 <laughs> streams from that. And so it's, yeah, all that data combined led me to make a video, which I think was my first marketing video music marketing mm-hmm. video that was like Spotify playlist versus Facebook ads. And I right. talked about, this is what playlists give you. This bulk amount of streams mm-hmm. with low engagement rates. People aren't sticking. They're not, they're not truly fans. And this is what Facebook ads gives yeah. you. This higher save rate, higher follow rate, all this, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's drastically changed the way I think about my release strategies, my marketing strategies, even the type of yeah. music I make to a degree because now it's like you don't have to think about playlists. Because a lot of people obsess over playlists. Oh, you should be writing mm-hmm. a song so that it'll yeah. fit good in the playlist. Now I think mm-hmm. more about I should write a song, one, that I just like. And then two, if I really mm-hmm. want to get gritty with it, uh, target a song that you know you can market efficiently on Facebook, which is my, right. my most recent single I released today. I modeled it off of Elenium style so that right. when I go to market it, I could target fans of Elenium. <laughs> and, right. um, and people might think that sounds a little like, oh, you're selling out your sound for, for commercial, whatever. But I freaking love his music and I love making that music. So yeah, it's kind of like a, it's just a win, win, win. And uh, yeah. not saying that 
particular aspect is the most important part, but the, the marketing right. aspect is, it's changed my entire, the way that I promote all my music. So is that where you, so you, you move from playlisting to Facebook ads. Is, is that where you start when you go to create an ad now? Do you start with, all right, who am I targeting? I'm targeting fans of this artist or these artists, or do you do just people who live here or do you do people who just like EDM in general? Like how big and wide do you go? I've tried, I've tried probably all of those. Um, yeah. The, there's a couple different ways that I still do it now. It's not always this, the same in every mm-hmm. song. I kind of fine tune a little bit and try different new strategies, but yeah. it, it does always start with the targets. So, um, most of the time I'm targeting a, a artist specifically, mm-hmm. yeah. but it does kind of depend on the, the song and the style of music. If, if you're promoting, I don't know, lo-fi hip hop beats or something, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to find a lot of artists that are targetable with Facebook ads that are in lo-fi right. hip hop. So at that point you're yeah. going to be targeting lo-fi hip hop for me right. being an uh, electronic music artist. I can, like, my last song that I, I literally ran ads on, I was up to, like, 4 a.m. getting these ads launched. <laughs> um, yeah. I targeted, the main one I targeted was Seven Lions and a bunch of related uh-huh. artists. I had another one for yep. Flume. I had another mm-hmm. audience for Chainsmokers. And in every single one of those audiences, it was just every single Spotify country. And then I just let Spotify go nice. out and just find me the cheapest results. And then... It, it will tell you which artist you're resonating with. And right now, Seven Lions is performing the cheapest. It's performing twice as cheap as Skrillex. So that gotcha. means that people that like Skrillex are less likely to like my song. And I need to, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook's going to put more budget towards the Seven Lions. Audience. Gotcha. So that's, that's how gotcha. I do the targeting. Okay. So you're really piecing out each targetable. Uh, point so that you can measure it later. Again, you can't manage what you you can't you don't measure. So right. you're creating your campaign, and then in your your ad set groups, each ad set is only targeted to one artist, and you've got multiple yeah. ad sets. Exactly, and it, gotcha. there's a kind of balance game between like audience size between ad sets. So mm-hmm. like the seven line ones, what, seven lines isn't big enough compared to like Flume or Skrillex. So the seven line ones right. has him and San Holo and Odessa and a few other artists just to get the, like all those artists sound similar. Fans of Seven Lions right. like all those other artists pretty much. Right. So that there's right. like a bucket of artists there. But then Chainsmokers, mm-hmm. which is performing pretty bad compared to Seven right. Lions, uh, yeah. they're huge. So in that case, I, I actually had to make the audience smaller so that it was closer to the Seven Lions audience. Gotcha. But that's more of like a nitty-gritty detail you you focus down the yeah. line. <laughs> Up front, the core now, thing is like split test all these artists and figure out what does best. So you'll so you'll create your campaign, then you'll split test all these artists, and then within each artist, you'll split test multiple ads to figure yeah. out the ones that work as well, correct? Exactly. So it's a so huge web. Each one of these ad sets has between four and five ads in them. So there's, there's mm-hmm. three creatives, and then I do a split test between different accounts. So, like, <clears throat> I might get add one, and I might run it on my personal account, and then I might run it uh-huh. on my my company account, Genera Studios. And okay. sometimes there's a difference between those two, even though it's the same video. P- 
people see a company promoting it, and they're like, "Yeah, this looks a little it's more like legit. legit. Random dude named Andrew Southworth promoted this song." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm doing this kind of big web, as you called it. Of there's it's one yeah. campaign that all goes to the same link, but there's 42 ads inside nice. of it, all between these different audiences, and that's the whole goal and, of that is just to let Facebook figure out what's the cheapest result. And so you're optimizing at the campaign level. And then Facebook does its thing. It figures out which one delivers the best for the cheapest. And when that happens, you shut yeah. out, you shut down all the other ones and start dumping your money into that one. Exactly. And Facebook kind of does it right. on its own, like with campaign yeah. budget optimization. But I, I right. do go the extra mile and kind of anticipate ahead of Facebook. Like, okay, the yeah. chain smokers, like it's so big, you can find a ton of people that get my result. But it's expensive. Right. So I'm probably going to turn right. it off today before Facebook decides to divert budget. Right. Now, is there a way you have discovered to target artists like say Elenium? I've tried to target him yeah. on Facebook ads and can't. Nope. You can't. <laughs> yeah, which is super frustrating. I don't understand wh- like how it yeah. draws that line. He has way more fans than Seven yeah. Lions, and yet Seven Lions appears. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not a hundred. So I, I I was helping someone out with ads who's promoting, I guess, kind of like a you'd call it emo rap or sad rap or something. And he was okay. name dropping all of these big artists that he wanted to target that had yeah. like elenium size or bigger audiences and none of them were in yeah. Facebook ads. And I think it's <laughs> a, so frustrating. It's a, yeah, it's it's because I, I also am in some metal projects and I've found artists that are targetable with only fifty thousand people. So it's not necessarily Dude. just yeah. audience size. It's a combination of audience size, how long they've been around, and I think there's mm-hmm. kind of like a if the person's been into like questionable stuff like if they're like heavy Mm. drug references i think facebook looks at that and excludes it Um, okay and then another factor could be that maybe they don't have a big enough facebook following you know okay like maybe yeah because it is all very contingent on that isn't it yeah if if for some reason all of those people um they're not really big into facebook and instagram then Mm. and they can't correlate that data of who actually likes this artist yeah like yeah. How else would they know? You know, they don't right. have access to the Spotify API. They don't know which yeah. Facebook fans actually like that person on Spotify. So it's right. It's this weird yeah. thing. Well, maybe one day Facebook will just buy Spotify and integrate it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, they are they're integrated and like you can make profiles with it. So I don't. Yeah. Maybe they do have some access, but yeah, it would be yeah. dope if uh, that would be they really were cool. if every artist was targetable. Man. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, there's so many things right, I would I would be doing differently, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you uh, further down this line? Are you running ads on both Facebook and Instagram, or one or the other? Yeah. My main thing that I found most successful is Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger Stories. So specifically, okay. the vertical 15 second long story placement, and yeah. the reason why I think that works. Now, again, this is just to drive traffic, like. Cold audience going to Spotify or Apple Music. Right. Top of the funnel. If top of funnel, fan acquisition. Um, you can yeah. do some retargeting with it, but you're not like selling someone a t-shirt. You know, it's pretty. It's mm-hmm. a pretty small ask. Um, yeah. The nice thing with that is that people already have their sound on when they're in the stories. When someone's scrolling through their right. feed, most of the time the volume's off. So yeah. you get a lot of loss with that, unless you have a very captivating visual. Like one example yeah. that Indiepreneur shows all the time is this artist, I think it was Dukes or something. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a th- he did a whole song performance in a car while driving. He had four people performing like 
electronic instruments and strumming guitar yeah. and he was singing while driving and they got the video to just it was so interesting that it just popped in social yeah. media with all the video view ads they were doing but i i think that's just so much harder and so much more rare for an artist to be able to do that where mm-hmm. that's where the story placements are an advantage because it's just like yeah here's a song if you don't like it within five seconds you're just going to skip right and since it's a newer placement, I found it's probably also a cheaper placement. And then eventually Facebook will, you know, jack up the ad price on us. <laughs> yeah, but, 100%. Right? <laughs> yeah, th- that's what they do. Like, when they introduced Instagram at first, it was the best option. And then Instagram kind of yeah. got more expensive and harder because everyone started mm-hmm. using it. And then Stories came along. Yeah. And now now people are starting to use it more. But then there's a lot of people aren't capitalizing on the Facebook and Messenger Stories. So eventually that will get right. more saturated. You know, I hadn't even considered that because I like most people I know don't necessarily use the Facebook stories and definitely not the messenger stories. But yeah, that plays to our advantage as advertisers because that means there's not much competition for content there either, which is a good move. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of people don't realize they'll be like, am I paying per click? And and sometimes you are paying per click, but they don't realize Mm -hmm. that it's it's a bid based system that's usually based on impressions like. If right. there's a thousand people who want to target fans of Seven Lions, then that's going to cost a lot less than if there's a million people who want to run ads on the target of Seven right. Lions. Because there's right. just no competition. So yeah. Facebook says, okay, well, screw you. I'm going to jack up the ad cost because all these people yeah. want to want to get there. So, Yeah. Now, <laughs> with as I understand it, with most like business-based Facebook ad uh, running like I like I've got a couple friends who do really well at this on behalf of other businesses. They run a company just like what you do and do it for for clients, but they do it for like I'll, I'll call it normal businesses, not getting you know streams yeah. on Spotify. And sort of the goal with an ad like that, like say you're trying to get people to hire you to mow their lawn, is to run an ad and find find the one that works through the system you've just outlined. And when you find one that works, it becomes profitable. And that you are spending less on your ad than you're making as a result of it. So you've got a profitable ad. In your experience, is that a possibility that happens with running ads to get Spotify streams? Uh, I get I get this question a lot, and it's kind of a yeah. nuanced nuanced answer because there's a no part and there's a yes part. Yeah. The no part is that you really should treat this specific type of ad I'm talking about, the like getting cold audiences to Spotify, as a as you called it, a top-of-funnel fan acquisition type of approach. Right. Uh, now, that's not to say it's entirely all bad news because there's two ways you can make actually make a profit on it. One, the song does well and it gets on an algorithmic playlist and it just rides mm-hmm. that wave. Yeah. And I've had that happen. My, you know, my last single of my music, where, where it's only been a month, it accumulated 42,000 streams within... A month and it hit yeah. the algorithmic playlist within like less than two hundred dollars of ad spend or whatever. Yeah. I would anticipate that over the months it's going to generate more than that in streaming revenue, uh, which right. will mean that it was a break even effort. Now right. what happens is that all the fans that I acquired through that song, they're still gonna be there for my next song. So there is kind of this right. exponential factor. Um, and you can I, I'm not I'm not gonna say you will you can turn mm-hmm. that into something that at least breaks even, potentially makes you money. The real way right. that you make money with with music is, or with the Spotify method, is that 
you know, at first it's gonna you're gonna be doing that, and maybe after months it'll it'll break even. But long term, if you're growing all these artists, uh, all these fans on your artist account, is that you could have a big spike, and that will get you so many more streams than than you're you're spending in ads. And when I talked to right. uh, Ruslan, uh, he's a he's a rapper. He said that mm-hmm. like he's on this weird tipping point where he has enough fans to stream his music. Where if he just kind of puts a little bit of ads into promoting a song, it causes it to get that spike where it actually does pay yeah. itself off. So that's one example. Nice. Now the next is that you can retarget everyone on Facebook for yeah. pretty a generally cheaper cost, which means that you can say if this person clicked on this ad, well, I'm going to send them an ad to buy my T-shirt, buy my album, mm-hmm. uh, give me their email address do whatever yeah. join my patreon page or whatever right. and that's where you really actually start to make significant money so that, right. those are kind of the, the two different paths so you need to have like a another tier or two down from just listen to my music like if you're gonna have it sounds like i'm you know stop me if i'm wrong but it sounds like if you're gonna have a successful marketing campaign for your release you need to have at least one more level down from just listen to my song. Like you need to have a yeah. kind of like one, two punch prepared. So you drop your song, listen to it. And then once you've got that interest, Hey, also come, you know, follow me on Patreon or come and buy my t-shirt or whatever. Like that's where you start to get your money back. Yeah. That, that that's the option where you get the most money. I would say like you, you can yeah. do the hundred percent Spotify aspect and then long term. Mm-hmm. I you'll 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 kind of accumulate this audience where there's an exponential factor to it where like right you're actually making enough back where you could just reinvest that back in the ads and it will just pay itself off and then eventually right. get past that tipping point where it actually starts to generate you more because of all the algorithmic right. playlists and the way that followers work uh, so that's that's the that's probably the more long-term less profitable path but right. it, it is a profitable path in the, the long term right. and again I'm I'm a relatively like I'm I have like 16,000 monthly listeners so like I have a mm-hmm. decent following but I'm not like 200,000 monthly listeners like half a million right. streams per month so I can't say 100% the fact that that's going to happen with my music but I did I do have right. another band where we broke even on the ads because of the algorithmic playlist we spent right. 1500 in ads we made 15 uh-huh. roughly 1500 back it still gets us 20,000 streams a month with zero promotion 7 months after the album nice that's that's where i found out that so you you could actually break even or profit with just spotify (laughs) and you ran exclusively on stories that one was a little different that that was um that was before i really figured out the ads so a lot of it was trial and error Uh, so you could actually probably say you would have done better with it knowing what you know now totally yeah yeah and uh I think what happened is we had this big budget, so we had this massive algorithmic playlist spike, which is why now right. I'm trying to emphasize big budget during the first 72 hours okay, and for the first week in particular to try to yeah. spike that, that algorithm. Um, right. And that's kind of what I'm testing with this the song that came out today is okay. if I spend $150 in the first three days in ads, does mm-hmm. that guarantee me like algorithmic playlist? Or mm, so you're trying not. to ascribe an actual dollar amount to tripping the algorithm. Kind of, yeah. I can, and I, like I can set up a system. I can teach, like this is my foolproof way that I have done several times. If you spend 100 
$150 and you do it my way, you're all but guaranteed to spike the algorithm. Yeah, and you like, know, cause right now I can already tell people, like, if you spend $10, $10 a day promoting your song, like, you'll get, you'll grow your audience at a pretty sustainable rate and you'll get right. real fans and you'll grow over time. But it'd be cool to be able to say, like, you know, if you're an artist like my size, if you spend like mm-hmm. $150 or, or even, even if it's five, whatever the number is, in the first right. X amount of time, and it performs to this degree because you're targeting the right people with the right song, that you, right. you will almost definitively, time after time, hop in these algorithmic yeah. playlists. Um, Dude, that is what is up. I <laughs> I am immediately inspired to try this very thing on my next release. Yeah. Just to like, so I mean, because it would be great to be able to try it on my end as well and then be able to come to you and be like, dude, it totally worked. You were right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it could be a case where it flops. My, my last song was the first song that I decided to give the first three days in the first week mm-hmm. importance, more importance than the whole life of the song. Right. And because that was, I heard someone, I heard a few people mention that the first 72 hours are incredibly important. And there's a certain size factor of it where if, if spotify yeah. sees you're getting all this traffic and great data and in volume that's bigger than your current audience they're going to be like like what's happening this person has right. for example if it was you you have 67 followers why does he all of a sudden have a thousand plays in the first couple of days and he has a save right. rate of 70 percent and he's on 250 user playlists it must right. be a freaking fantastic song or, right. or something so yeah you know that's that's again is what my channel is all about testing these theories and yeah. reporting on them and luckily with having a channel it gives me justification to be willing to kind of blow some money more than i might right. otherwise would to test totally. these these theories um yeah but that's uh yeah. i mean i i love that about your channel is that it's you are you are your own guinea pig that's what yeah. I try to do as well is just be like exactly. a musical guinea pig. And if you can save other artists some heartache and potentially some money early on by just being like, you don't have to say, don't do what I did. You can just say, here's what happened. And clearly it didn't work. And they're going to go, yeah. hmm, I'm not going to try that. That doesn't sound like it would work. Right. So it's yeah. really, you're kind of sacrificing yourself upon the altar of Spotify. <laughs> It's kind of great. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, I yeah. have had song like my two songs ago, I had a song, You, that for some reason or another, the ads performed three times more expensive than the song before it. And so that yeah. video was kind of a bummer, but it was like, well, you know, here's what I did. And these are the results I got anyways. It didn't perform as well as I hoped because it was three times more expensive, which, you know, could right. mean it could mean the song wasn't as good. It could mean the audience I was targeting was bad. It could mean the video I, yeah. I used sucked. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of like a I'm I'm my own guinea pig in a way. Before we uh, wrap up, I do want to I want to talk about you know we've we've talked about all these kind of successful decisions you've had you've made moving the play moving from playlist to Spotify fig, or, or to Facebook and figuring out where to run your ads on stories and how to spend your money early and things like that. What are some like like what's a couple of dismal failures you've had where you're like, holy crap, that totally didn't work, and I'm yeah. not going to do that again. So the the first ones I'll say is um, there was a lot of companies I tried in that playlist period. So I'll talk about a couple mm-hmm. of those without name dropping. Um, sure. <laughs> to avoid getting like sued for slander or whatever. 
<laughs> you know, right. whatever, no big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I had I've had playlist companies where I get put in a playlist, and you can just tell like this is a BS playlist. So I'd say the number one is yeah. avoid hiring these playlist promotion companies. And this is this is not to say anything about submit hub or playlist push because those don't operate in the same way. Those operate on a right. pitching to actual curator basis, and they're very transparent. About right. It. They show you the response from the curator. Right. What I'm talking about are services right. where you pay X amount of dollars, and they just tell you later mm-hmm. you got on these playlists. And most of them, they actually right. own. So, right. in my opinion, those companies should be heavily avoided or treated as more of a drop-in-the-bucket portion of your ad spend, at the very most. Right. So, I tried right. essentially every company you can imagine. If you just Google playlist promotion companies, if you see it on that Google list, mm-hmm. I probably tried it. Uh, yeah. And so, that's mistake number one. Next is yeah. there was another company that promised something different. They said, we we have a kind of network, email list. We have all these people that we know, and we can shout out your song. And we can pretty much promise you X amount of followers and X amount of streams. And yeah. I was like, cool, I'll try it off with just like a small campaign, like $100 or something just to test it. And I thought yeah. this company would be legit because I hired them to do my logo. And they did a great job. So I was like, okay, they did that great. I'll trust them on the service. And what happened is I got 5,000 right. streams overnight. I had a save rate of like less than 1%. I had almost yeah. no repeat listens, and I gained 250 followers within 24 hours. And then wow. six months later when Playlist did, uh, Spotify did their follower purge, um, uh-huh. like I already sus- suspected all that was BS. Like I almost guaranteed it was like, this must yeah. be bots. This company used bots in my account, yeah. and I was pissed. Six months later, yeah. like, you know, a few weeks ago or a month ago, Spotify did a purge, and I lost exactly the amount of followers that they gained. <laughs> so I was like, this, this was, that just proved that they were BS. And yeah. as much as I want to yeah. scream from the hills and say, you know, F this company, I, I avoid doing so. Yeah. At least publicly. I do, I right. will, if someone messages sure. me and says, what, <laughs> what should I avoid? Yeah, totally. I will tell them. But um, in yeah. general, just avoid all those companies. Like, yeah. if they can promise you one, anything, of, one of the rules I've, I haven't said publicly, I guess, but one of the rules I've been toying with in my head, figuring out how to state it, how I want to, is it seems like there's an inverse sort of relationship. The more work it takes, like the harder you have to work for it, the more time it takes, the more results you're actually going to get over time. Yeah. Like if it promises quick results, they're not going to be good results. Yeah. So exactly. sort of always lean towards like, is this too easy? If it's too easy, it's probably bull. It's probably not going to work. Exactly. Like that seems to be the thing, right? Yeah. I, I, w- I was actually talking to a friend of mine last night about this where um, I, I said, this is a quote from somewhere. I don't remember where, but the quote is, if it was easy, everyone would do it, you know? And <laughs> right. That's, yeah. that's why like for, and just to think of it. Okay. If, being a successful artist with millions of fans was easy, then every single person mm-hmm. that makes music would be famous, and therefore no one would be famous. Uh, That's right. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the thing if, if uh, in, in the engineering world, what we joke is you'll often say people like, this job's super hot right now. you got to do this first. But then you get to the point where every, <laughs> right. they say everything is hot. And so if everything's hot, nothing's hot. Yeah. And that's back right. to what you said yeah. where, uh, you know, if, if, if it's easy, it's probably not worth your time, 
and it's probably BS. Yeah. Because that's just not how it works. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You can buy your way into things. Like, for example, if if someone came to me and said, I want to hire you to manage my ad campaign, I'm going to drop 3000 or $5,000 promoting my album with Facebook ads, mm-hmm. you can pay your way to success if you, if you have the right music with the right audience with the, the right budget right um but that's that's not really the same thing like it's not using it's genuinely just kind of showing your stuff to people in mass and it's not right. the same as hiring some magical company that's for 67 dollars is going to turn you into a superstar like it's it's, it's a completely different thing right so. that's a completely different thing and it's it's also if someone were to hire you to run their ads, that's a very transparent interaction. Like yeah. face-to-face or over the phone or email or whatever. Like you're a person that they can talk to. And then you're telling them very clearly, this is precisely what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah. run these ads. This is how I'm going to target them. You have all of the information. This exactly. is all of the work that goes into it. Rather than like, yeah, purchase the $500 package for 20,000 streams and we'll let you know when yeah. it happens. I mean, I, like, I try, the, try to make what? it relatively transparent i mean i i say you know you gotta provide me with videos you gotta provide me with a list of artists that you think are most Mm -hmm. relevant for me to target i can't guarantee any kind of result it's kind of just depends on the audience and the ad and the music and it's Mm -hmm. it's also being run in most cases in that person's own facebook account so they give me access to their business manager as like an account i forget what it's called but it's like a person who can run ads but they can't like do everything in your business manager um, right. So right. they have the ability to see everything I'm doing. They could go in and tweak the yeah. ads themselves. They can see the conversions come in. They can go in their Spotify for artists and confirm the data there. Yeah. And I can go in their Spotify for artists as a viewer and watch the data come in as it co- goes. And we interact, and yep. that's how it works. And it's it's very transparent. Yeah. And when I can't give results to people, it makes me feel like crap. Um, right. But that's just how it is sometimes. Like it's right. Sometimes songs just it's, don't work as well as other songs, and yeah, it's there's no guarantee. Yeah, whereas with the, that's the one playlist of the stuff, you can this. you can make anything pop if it's on the right playlist. It's just that's right. It'll people will skip it a lot, and then it'll cause it to do yeah. really badly in other ways. Yeah, that's one of the things that's kind of tough about what we do as far as like just testing and trying and then reporting on it is like results will vary. Because your song, whoever's watching this, is different than the song that I use to get the data that I'm showing you. Exactly. And so there's an inherent bias in there that you really can't, like, ascribe a mathematical formula to. Like, there is a certain part of it that is just up in the air and you have no idea. Exactly. You just have to go, like... You have to try it. Yeah. And the worst thing that happens is you fail, which (laughs) sounds bad to some people, but what like you, you got to think of what what does that failure mean and i often tell people right when you're doing this for the first time if, if you're using my like youtube videos uh to learn and try it or like i have like a course yeah. i'm working on that i have some people in and i, I say yeah. in that course and in the videos if you're doing this for your first time don't do what i do don't spend twenty dollars a day don't spend fifty dollars a day spend five right and that way if you right. fail it's really just like you don't go out to dinner next week you know, to recoup yep. your cost. It's not like, yeah. well, I guess I'm going to lose my car next month. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't do that. God. Yeah. It's so I was told don't spend more on Facebook ads than you can afford to lose. Exactly. 
Yeah. That's what I was told. And uh, I had Adam yeah. Adam Ivy on a video on my, my channel a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and I, I wanted him to report on things that artists should do before they run ads because he's very well-versed yeah. in the, the branding and content strategy stuff as well as ads. But So yeah. the biggest thing he said, I think he named seven tips, but one of them was don't spend more on ads than you're comfortable using. Treat it like gambling. Like it's not gambling, but treat mm-hmm. it like you're 100% yeah. willing to let all this money go away and never come back and get zero yeah. results. Because yep. that way it's, you know, it's, it's just better. Like if, if you need that money to survive, you mm-hmm. shouldn't be running ads. It's, it sucks that's to right. say because that yeah. makes you, life harder it, for you, but that's just the nature of it. Or you need to go out and make more money. Like the, the way yeah, that... Yeah, go out and make more money. <laughs> and I know that sounds silly, but the, the way that I funded the first ads I ever ran, the first ads I ever ran, I think I was still working at Starbucks. So I wasn't making like great right. money. Right. I said, um, and, and even when after I started like working in engineering, the way I justified my ad cost was... Okay, mm-hmm. I'm spending $5 a day in ads. I'm not going to go to Dunkin' Donuts this morning and get a coffee. And then when I want right. to spend $10 a day in ads, I'm not going to get lunch from the cafeteria today. I'm going to bring lunch to work. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. through that, it's really like you're not spending anything. You're just you're sacrificing right. some part of your life that's really not necessary in the first place to yeah. do something else in your life that's not necessary but is more beneficial to you in the long run. Like. You could go out to That's eat right. this weekend, and it's fun. Or you could have a fun dinner at home and spend half the money and spend all that money in ads. That's like, right. Make your choice. <laughs> and if and if if after all of that, if you still can't afford it, like you have your time. Oh yeah. It, it may be a slower go, but spend your time. Like do what we've done. Make videos. Like learn and educate yourself, and then communicate with people. Like I've gotten followers just from YouTube who've converted over to Spotify because they saw a video and then comment and interact on Instagram. Like these things, you're not going to get the wide swath that an ad is going to give you for your money, but it's, it is something and you have your time. So at the very least you can spend your time. Yeah. And when I, when I did that call with, with uh, Ruslan, who I mentioned earlier, I I asked him, Mm -hmm. what is your number one, if you were starting from scratch, what would you be your number one strategy to get from where you, from zero to where you are now? And yeah. he, because he doesn't use playlist promotion or Facebook ads much, like he just started getting into yeah. it. Um, yeah. And he has a hundred thousand monthly listeners. So I'm like, what the hell would you do? He said, uh, <laughs> yeah. Strategic collaborations as a primary artist. And I was like, oh snap, that makes snap. a lot of sense. So. You know, you might be, I don't have any money through an ads. I'm a 16-year-old. I'm a yeah. I don't work. I don't have any money. I don't even have a credit card to put in my Facebook ad account. Um, but yeah. you're great at making music. So you might, you know, you might have 100 followers or 100 listeners, whatever. And you might find mm-hmm. another artist that is also good. It's around your age. Yeah. And collaborate yep. with them. And all of a sudden, you're kind of sharing mm-hmm. your audience. And then now you're a little bit bigger. Six months later, find someone that's equivalent right. to your size or a little bit bigger and collaborate with them. And you kind of stagger this thing. And this is is one of the reasons why I've been doing uh, more collaborations on YouTube, for example, is aside from just being able to like, um, you know, on on my channel, everyone that's seen this, um, 
you and I are doing a, a video on my channel too. I don't know which one's going to be out first, but I guess you'll find out when right. you edit this video. <laughs> um, but right. but you know, it's it's beneficial for both of us. Like I have an audience that yeah. I think will totally dig your stuff, and you have an audience that I think yeah. will totally dig my stuff. And right. it, it doesn't always have to be one to one. Like right. some YouTubers get kind of snobby, like you have X amount of followers and I have X amount of followers, so we shouldn't collaborate because it'll benefit you more. It's not yeah. always like that. It's you have a, a value proposition yeah. that is beneficial to me. And right. it's, it's not all about the numbers. It's about the, the value that a person right. can bring. Um, and you can also see, like, like for in, in, in this case, you are overwhelmingly doing me a favor. I have about 10% of the subscribers that you have. But it... I like to think that you see maybe potential in the videos I've made to grow my channel, which will only benefit you in the long run, having done this collaboration early. Exactly. Because you will be on there for a long time as my channel grows. Like, it's right. actually a pretty smart move for you, <laughs> even more so than it is for me. You found out my whole scheme, the whole reason I'm here. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> right. so it's... When this guy gets 100,000, I will have been there for the ride, baby. <laughs> it's 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 100... Like, it's it's so many reasons, like... If you think of why would you collaborate with someone? Well, one, uh, you got to get a new person to chat with and bounce ideas off of. And then also right. I get to learn from your experience. You get to learn from my experience. Right. Who knows? We might right. end up working on a song together someday. And who knows? You might have a YouTube channel yeah. that's way bigger than mine someday. And right. I so I try to open as many doors as possible, even if they never result in, in anything, just because... Just, right. just like the in the engineering world, I would never burn a bridge by telling someone off unless they're being really mean to me. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't. Right. I want to do the same thing in the music world and establish all these relationships because yeah. you never know. And it's just fun. Like this, we've, yeah. I, I've had a great time chatting with you. Hopefully, you haven't been thinking, "Wow, this guy's a douchebag." Me, me too. <laughs> no, not, not even remotely, dude. Awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we're getting to sit here and make a video for YouTube talking about the thing we love to do. So exactly. Like, yeah, we win. We both win, and I, I think yeah. a lot of YouTubers miss out on collaborating with, with smaller channels, and a lot of musicians miss out collaborating with artists who have less monthly listeners. Because um, right. it's not all about finding the next big, big thing. And um, right. know, again, with mentioning this was kind of Ruslan's kind of theory, that he brought it up in the call, which made me kind of get into it more. He mentioned mm -hmm. that it's not always about finding the next bigger one. If you find a dope vocalist that's super small, right. it's like he's giving you a huge value by being on your song. You're giving him in return a huge right. value by boosting his monthly listeners and followers and giving him exposure. Right. And right. it's it's a mixture of numbers and value and just kind of like having, having friends, yeah. you know? Yeah. Dude, I love it. <laughs> well, I won't, uh, I won't keep too much more of your time. I... We're at the 45 minute mark or so. So, yeah. Um, That's just for dude, this thank video. Thank you for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for doing this video, man. I appreciate you being on the channel. And uh, I will link to you in the description and uh, also in the end cards and whatnot so people can go check you out. Awesome. So, man. is there, before I let you go, is there anything you want to tell anybody where they can find you outside of YouTube where you want them to go? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, thanks so much for bringing me on your channel. Um, I probably should have said this early, but hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, my name's Andrew Southworth, uh, S-O-U-T-H-W-O-R-T-H. But um, it's, you know, YouTube.com slash Andrew Southworth for my YouTube content. 
uh, Spotify, Andrew Southworth, or whatever music platform you like listening to stuff. And I hope to see some of you uh, on YouTube and social media. Thanks for having me. And that's it for my conversation with Andrew. I hope that you got a lot out of it. I certainly did. I've already started toying around with some of the stuff that we talked about in this episode. Uh, I'm going to leave a link to Andrew's YouTube channel in the show notes. Go give him a follow. Go throw him a like. He's got amazing content. It's super resourceful, super helpful. And he's just all around a gem of a human being. So go throw him your support. That's it for this one. And we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Sounds of the Future today. Hey, look, if you're digging the podcast, man, share it with your friends, tweet it, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, a post, whatever you want to do. I want to get the word out and I need your help. Thanks.